Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We're here. Give me the green light. Oh, yeah. Cause I'm ready to go. Let's have a good time. If you're going to bring back the Las Vegas franchise, it has to be outlaws. They had one of the sweetest looking logos on the helmet. Cause I'm ready to go. Mother of God. Especially when you have a shirtless Rodney Dangerfield. God bless Rodney Dangerfield. Rest in peace. But put on a shirt, man. Don't know what you want to see that. You put that on right now. You'll be headline news on Fox News. One, sell. Is this on? One, is this or is this not the XFL? Yes, it is. Two, do I or do I not currently have a pulse? Yes, I do. Let's play football. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the XF Podcast. I am your host, Jim Renier, a.k.a. J-Dash, and I welcome to you all to the YouTube version. Well, we'll be on regular podcasts as well, but most importantly, be on YouTube and welcome to the new platform. Today, we're going to be talking about specific things. Really simple. There's a lot of things happening around the sporting news realm of things. Um... But one thing for sure, I can't do this without my co-host. He's also the host of Just Bring It Wrestling Talk. He's also the host of WWE live stream reactions on Monday nights. Wrestling movie guy. Hey, what's up, guys? Good to be back talking some XFL and AAF. What's crack-a-lacking? No further ado, let's get this show on the road. Of course, everyone should know that the AAF has completed... There are eight teams. These eight teams are located nice and comfy down into the southern ports of the nation. San Antonio is the final team or final city that was selected by the AAF. Of course, you know Orlando, Birmingham, Atlanta, Memphis, San Diego, Salt Lake City, and Phoenix are the other seven teams. Uh, the AAF has completed their eight teams. We know that they're going to launch in a few, like seven months from now, they're going to launch their uh, football league. But what we're going to bring up in this today show is something that I like to really, really want you, the fans, to realize that the AAF, as of right now, is a complete joke. Uh, yes, I'm calling out the AAF um, because of one major reason. As everyone knows, the XFL recently announced, or can't really say recently, a couple weeks announced uh, proposals that were sent out to 30 teams in the lovely United States of America that we think. Could be some Canadian cities in there or Mexican cities in there. But we do know on June 7th of this month, the San Antonio, or 
I give them credit. I'm going to tell their ideas. ABC Channel 12, KSAT in San Antonio reported that the Alamo Dome received a proposal from the XFL. At this time, I looked up around news sources on June 7th around the EAF and what their rumors is on the launch of the AF in San Antonio. Absolutely nothing. No news at all. And I find it kind of ironic that the AAF took their time and go, we have no interest in San Antonio. There were rumors of the AAF going to San Francisco, San Jose, and there was reports that Los Angeles was going to get the final AAF team. And all of a sudden, when these proposals came out, San Antonio got into the realm of things. And just a few days ago, the AAF announced that they're putting a franchise in San Antonio. Coincidence? Nah. There could be a little bit of conspiracy theory into this. But if a city had no communication, no contact with the AAF at all, in June 7th, June 8th, June 9th time, but 13 days later, all of a sudden you get a franchise, that's pretty fast to agree that you have a interest in a league and in a city that you had zero interest just a couple of weeks ago. Coincidence? I think, and this almost proves my point, that the AAF is becoming a joke and it's becoming a force league. And it all, so hopefully it succeeds. I'd like to see a, you know, a brand of football that would succeed. But as of right now, two weeks, and you put in the team in the city, uh, there's something not you know, doesn't feel right. Uh, what do you think, Ben? Uh, I love calling the AAF a reaction league. Nothing that they're coming up with is original. It's all the same things that the XFL is doing. But what I'm wondering is perhaps whether or not the uh, Vince knew this was happening and he was sending it to cities that he wasn't really that interested in. Oh, now you've got San Antonio. Okay, well, maybe now I can go and get parts of California bigger parts of California now that you're busy with all these other cities like, you know, Salt Lake and Phoenix and everything. It's possible. <laughs> it's possible that he was doing that to lure them out because the positive thing about this is that now that the AAF has its cities, the uh, Vince can work around that. Sometimes it's better to have your enemy make the move first because then you know what they're thinking. Now Vince knows exactly what they're thinking, exactly what they're trying to do, and he can counteract that. So I don't really see this as bad news that the XFL lost San Antonio. I think that it's something that he probably figured was going to happen anyway. And I think the XFL is going to be just fine. This isn't going to kill it or anything. But it does give you less respect to the AAF when you connect the dots. And like you said, they had no communication with the AAF, had no communication with San Antonio and many of the cities that are now on their list. The XFL had communications with them. Hmm, yeah, that is pretty coincidental. So it's a copycat league that mm-hmm. is copying a league that hasn't even happened yet. And they're making the same moves that the league did when it failed. So this doesn't concern me at all. I think everything's just going to keep rolling along for Vince. Yeah. But it also opens up a corridor in the United States where Vince can put a team in Southern California, uh, maybe in what you like to call, was it 
I think they changed the name of the stadium in, in L.A. I think it's now StubHub Stadium, where the San Diego Chargers play. That yeah, small it's, stadium. It's, it's StubHub Stadium, StubHub. last I checked. That would be a great location for the relaunch of the 2020 and defending XFL champions, Los Angeles Extreme. Perfect location. Um, that gives the AF no connection to L.A. You get into the L.A. market. WWE has a big fan support system in LA, but of course with multiple events, WrestleMania in the past, pay-per-views in the past, Raw, SmackDown, all the time in that area. Uh, the XFL now can go back to Las Vegas and get back the uh, get back the uh, good old-fashioned outlaws if they wanted to. They can go into uh, San Francisco or San Jose and get put the Demons back in there, which is still thinks one of the coolest team names ever, San Francisco Demons. I have, uh, I have to say, I'm sh- I'm actually shocked that the AAF didn't go after Vegas. How could they not? Like that's such a great market to go into, especially now that the Golden Knights have shown that a professional team can succeed there, and there is a fan base that <laughs> wants a team. So why they, would you not go there? The Outlaws proved that in 2001. If you re- if you remember the XFL uh, documentary on th- on ESPN Thirty for Thirty, uh, I think it's Vince McMahon and I think it was I think it was uh, Dick Ebersole. They both looked outside the stadium. And they saw traffic for miles of people trying to get to the stadium. Yep. Vegas Vegas was I think the only team in the XFL in two thousand one that sold out every one of their home games. Um. They they were pretty close. I mean, they definitely did, but I think the San Francisco averaged more fans. They were averaging a little over thirty thousand. And they don't have to go to well, San Francisco played in the baseball stadium. They played in the Giant Stadium. Are uh, now it's called BBT Park, I think. True, mm-hmm. but even still, like the fact that the rest of the league was struggling so hard in yes. very big stadiums as well, like the the Chicago Enforcers were playing in Soldier Field. They really struggled to fill that stadium. Correct, and that's why if you if you will if you go back to our past podcast, I think a couple week couple months ago, when we said the MLS will save the XFL because of the size of the stadiums. Yes, they're only twenty to twenty five thousand plus, or maybe some of them are about fifteen thousand plus. If you put fifteen thousand people in the stadium, it looks full. It looks packed. People would be intrigued by it if you put them in a forty thousand seat stadium and only put twenty thousand. People can look at it two ways. It's a half empty or a half full. Uh, but the XFL, in my opinion, can still go back to their original cities that made them famous. They can put a team in New York, which I guarantee they are, and please go to Red Bull Arena events. That would be a great place to put a team. Don't go to Giant Stadium, please. That would be a waste. Um, you can go to Chicago. You can go to you know back to the original teams out west. Don't go to Memphis because it seems like the Memphis population is all hype on the AF. Birmingham, I wish they would put a team in there, but I highly doubt it. Orlando is still a key concept or key team. And, of course, you still got Omaha, Louisville, St. Louis, all the teams in the Midwest, cities in the Midwest that can potentially be homes of these XFL franchises not be in touch. And I believe, yes, the AF put teams out in the South. That's down in the Southeast where the SEC is dominant. Yes, you put teams in this, you know, those areas. Good job. And you go out to the far West, you put a team in San Antonio. You just screwed the Northeast of this country where basically 45% of the population of the United States is in the Northeast. And you, and you're going to just let have vents, you know, 
pick any city in that. Syracuse, Buffalo, New York, Providence, Hartford, Philly. You know, there's so much mass population up there that they can put any team up there. Uh, yes, the AAF got their eight teams. Yes, the last time, the last team they put, or city they claimed, was San Antonio. Kind of odd that three weeks ago, no interest. And now, bam, they got a team. Uh, it's just something that you just gave the XFL their chance of keeping their cities or their main prominent cities like the Las Vegas Outlaws or maybe one of the most recognized XFL teams because they were the first team uh, to take a snap in the new season. L.A., the first uh, XFL champion. San Francisco, it's an XFL runner-up. Uh, you get those t- you get those cities still able to get XFL teams. And I feel like the AAF is avoiding confrontation with the XFL or because they're trying to They'll go to the areas of the country that like football or can't support football during the you know, winter months. But we see up in Buffalo during the NFL season, towards the end, and up in Pittsburgh, if you have hardcore passionate fans, they'll go out there in 40-degree temperatures and watch your team play. Don't give me this bull crap about weather in the wintertime. And Syracuse, Syracuse and, really wants a team. Like The hype Syracuse down there is be, for real. Shout Syracuse out. would be an awesome area. Have that be the only northern team in the in the XFL. Oh, it's wintertime. You can still play games in February because it'd be in a dome. The only thing you got to do is avoid scheduling conflicts with the Syracuse basketball teams, and that's it. If people uh, want to complain about bad weather, um, who cares about that? Tell that to Green Bay. That's one of the healthiest franchises in the league. And they play, yeah, they play in the coldest of the cold, so don't give us that crap. I think they have all of the records in the NFL for the coldest games. Uh, or is it the Bears have one? What's the Ice Bowl? Is that the Packers? Yeah, that was the Packers. Uh, that was 1968. No, actually, Packers and Cowboys. That was Ooh. the uh, famous uh, fourth and one with like five seconds left in the game. Bart Starr ah, ran the ball right. in. They couldn't even walk on that field. It was complete and total ice. And yeah, that, that was an amazing ending. I love that game. But in those cold temperatures, you hit somebody, you, it's not, you, you don't feel it. It's because it's so painful. If you've been freezing cold temperatures like that, you lose your feelings in your extremities. You're just hitting each other like you're hitting each other with numbness. And by the time you warm up, you realize you broke your collarbone or you fractured your knee, tore your ACL. Uh, yeah, so the AF has their eight teams. Now we get to see what type of players they go after and what type of coaches they go after. We do know that San Antonio went after their first coach, Mike Riley, which is kind of intriguing and kind of laughable. I'm not laughing at you, San Antonio, and the people of the city of San Antonio or the organizations that are in San Antonio, like the five-time NBA champion San Antonio Spurs. Uh, but you can find a coach better than this. You're freaking Texas. You're you're the king of college. You're the king of high school football. The king of college football. Maybe if you talk to California and Florida fans, maybe different. Yeah, it was a very uh, strange uh, choice. You're going to go after a guy that went 19 and 19 with Nebraska. Like, correct. oof. And okay. also, he was also a tight ends coach at Oregon State last year, who went one in ten. The oof. only win that Oregon State had last year was against Portland State, and it was a 35. 38 to 35 win. They had to win on the last second field goal over a Division II team. So Mike Riley, he was forced out of Nebraska last year. Yes. Then he became a 
tight ends coach at Oregon State. I think no, no, he correction. Correction. Sorry about that, listen. He wasn't difficulties. Of, he wasn't a part of Oregon State last year. I read it wrong. He's he was hired as a tight ends slash wide receiver, uh, a coaching coordinator for Oregon State for this season, but he got hired by the San Antonio uh, organization in the AF. So, so he left that position. He never he never coached at Oregon State. He only coached at Nebraska, which went nineteen and nineteen. And really, when you are a coach at a major college football team like Nebraska, uh, yeah, you have no you have no business of losing team losing to teams like South Dakota State. Um, so yeah, uh, great pick for a coach, guys. But we also know about players in the XFL, and one of the most non popular popular players in professional sports right now uh, has spoken again about football future between the XFL and the AAF. This time, it's about him and a former coach that he admires. And Wrestling Movie Guy has more of that next. Yeah, just this breaking news. A few hours ago, it was reported that Tim Tebow turned down the offer to reunite with his former head coach, Steve Spurrier, in Orlando. So it, uh, it looks like Tim Tebow is going to keep swinging for the fences, even though he has 80 strikeouts this season. But he's going to keep swinging for the fences to make his baseball dreams come true. I think that's kind of a strange choice when he's got an opportunity to get back into football, which is his first love. But I got to give Tebow some props. He made his choice. He said, I'm going to go with baseball. He's not going to go back on his word, so far as we know. And you got to give the guy a lot of credit by sticking to his guns and, you know, continuing to finish what he started with baseball. But namesake alone, it would be interesting to have him in either the AAF or XFL. I would prefer him being in the XFL because I think that would just be a hell of a lot more fun. But, uh, hey. Yeah, that's the update, people. It looks like we're not going to be seeing Tim Tebow in the AAF anytime soon. Well, I do have to correct you on one statement, sir. It's hmm. nothing major. He did have the right coach, but Tim Tebow never played for Steve Spurrier. I thought he, that oh, he played well. for Urban Meyer. Oh, you are right. But Steve Spurrier is a Heisman Trophy winner. National championship coach at the University of Florida, which Tim Tebow is a Heisman Trophy winner and a two-time national champion at the University of Florida. So the University of Florida connection is there. Yeah, the Gator connection. Uh, that's yes. that's exactly what I was thinking of. Uh, it's okay. Of course, you're, in Vir- you're in Virginia. But I remember Steve Spurrier was coaching the Gamecocks in South Carolina. So I do know that. And, yeah, <laughs> I can correct myself there. Well, the only player that he that you may know famously that besides the uh, no he's gone yeah he's definitely gone uh, is the defensive end for the Houston Texans Javadeon Javadeon Clowney Javadeon Clowney now remember uh, everyone remembers that epic hit against Michigan in the Outback Bowl I think in two thousand and twelve. Where he just crushes the guy. The guy fumbles the ball and he picks it up with one hand. Uh, pretty much the most epic Jadavion Clowney hit ever. Uh, that he was a head coach then. Uh, but you can see where the XFL slash AAF is trying to do. 
Uh, he Tim Tebow's already made said that he's not interested in the XFL at this time. Yeah, wants yeah, to concentrate yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, he did say that to the XFL a couple months ago. Yeah, but it didn't sound he, as definitive. He didn't say no though. Exactly, but he said he, no to Spurrier. He said no, straight up no, to Spurrier. That's that's just telling you that Tim Tebow is focused on baseball. Give it another year and may change. And also, that gives a blow to the Orlando team in the AAF because now they can't, you know, promote Tim Tebow coming back. So ticket sales won't be as high. So technically, if you're one to be one of those evil XFL slash, you know, fans out there. One million dollars. You could be like, yes. You don't have Tebow. Your promotion's not going to work. <laughs> Here's your bag of shush. Go, good luck to find some other has-been or never was in the NFL to try and help you promote your team uh, besides Spurrier. But they're still going to get a lot of fans because of Steve Spurrier by himself. Uh, but we're going to have to get pretty into the player conversation that's happening. Uh, but... But you gotta understand that one of the most hardest things to really, really, really look at when you talk about financial reasons in the XFL compared to the AAF, it's the highlights of who are going to be the players. Tim Tebow has been the top candidate for both leagues. That is a big deal. Now the correction thing is is will Johnny Manziel have a either epic fail in the Canadian Football League or will he decide to come back to the XFL or come back to the Americas or um, United States? Next well, technically, year, he, yeah, he is in Americas. <laughs> well, well, technically, he is America. He's he's on the other side of the border that doesn't have a wall. The, uh, the side that has great medical benefits. Uh, yeah, they just have Canadian bacon and. Uh, what's the scene from Super Troopers? Go French fries and gravy, sir. Uh, I'm not. I'm not making fun of people up in Canada. Uh, I'm just saying that there are players in the XFL, future players in the XFL that are currently on Canadian football teams, and Orlando suffered because they were really hoping you get the Tebow and Steve Spurrier promotions. Income, ticket sales. It's going to be pretty hard to try and find a famous Gator that is still playing football right now that can have that draw. Hey, you know, can, unfortunately, can they get uh, Shane Matthews? Maybe Danny Warfel? Uh, what about Jesse Palmer? Is he too busy with ESPN? Oh, yeah. Palmer's like, man, you know how much money I'm making here? I'm not doing anything. Or Jacoby Brissett, who's the quarterback of the Colts. Hey, there you go. Maybe he'll come over. Can we name some more useless Gator quarterbacks have made the NFL? Uh, Rex, sexy Rexy, Rex Grossman. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the, he made it to the Super Bowl. Uh, yeah, even though th- he had right nothing there, to do with it. That right there says a lot about Rex Grossman. The def- oh <laughs> that defense was unbelievable that year. That game against Arizona, I know we're getting a little off off track, but that game against Arizona on Monday night where Matt Leinard's making his debut and they're winning and Rex Grossman's having the worst game that any quarterback has ever had. Brian Urlacher in the defense just said, screw it. We're going to win 
even without a quarterback, and the defense scores again and again and again, and they steal that game. It was just unbelievable. I'd never was seen Spurrier such a horror. Coach? No, Spurrier was not the coach at the time. Uh, Dennis Green was coaching uh, the Cardinals, and um, Lovey Smith was coaching the uh, ah. uh, the Bears. It was not a ridiculous to be, not game. Not to be off subject here, but who's the head coach now? Gruden. Uh, in Arizona or Chicago? Because Gruden's no. in Oakland. No, who's the coach at? DC. Oh, DC. Oh, it's still Jay Gruden. Yeah. So you get wow. That's kind of ironic. You get John Gruden on the West Coast and Jay Gruden on the far East Coast. Hey, man, they got to cover their puck. They got to cover their spots. Do you guys play each other this year? Uh, I imagine they probably the NFL is probably going to put that on the schedule. I haven't seen, but we kicked the crap out of the Oakland Raiders last year on Monday night anyway, so I'm not but too concerned I, I about do playing know them. This one for sure. Hmm. Um. In December, your Redskins come down to Jacksonville to take on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Hmm. You know, if this was three years ago, I'd be very happy to hear that. But Jacksonville's gotten pretty good. Jacksonville will be back in the conversation next year, I really believe so. So, But any more XFL, AFL news related situations? I, I wish that there was more. Uh, they haven't really... Uh, done much since they released all the uh the ipads with the uh with you know with the request for the to the cities there there really hasn't been much world cup's going on though i know that well yes world cup's going on we'll touch that up later we do have a other segment that we want to get to which is what this title of the show is called ladies and gentlemen extreme ideas uh you know how the XFL is asking fans, you see on Twitter over the last couple of weeks, asking fans of ideas, rules, different things you want to see, no commercials, no replays, so on and so forth. So me and my co-host decided to come up with extreme ideas uh, that will be unique for the XFL. For me, honestly, everyone loves the NFL, of course, or college football. We love postseason football because that brings out the best of every team that's on in the field we do know that the xfl vince mcmahon's already said, stated eight teams in the regular season four teams make the postseason with a championship game so pretty much a two-week playoff uh-huh. i would like to see something like if you are college baseball fans out there uh a regional type style double elimination tournament for the four teams oh could you repeat that real quick the the connection went a little funny right there for the first time, really? pretty much the whole show. Wow. Thank you, technology. The AF knows that we're switching platforms, so they're coming to you know, terminate this program as well. What I was trying to say is that the XFL should adapt a unique playoff format. Never seen in football a four-team double elimination bracket, which two team, which you have to be a team twice, four teams. The first two teams. First team to lose two games is eliminated. The team that wins at the very end, of course, the champion, takes five weeks. Everyone says, "Oh, that's going to be a long postseason." No, it's not. It takes four. It takes the NFL, the wild card weekend, divisional round, the AFC NFC championship game, the bye week, then the Super Bowl. That's five weeks. That's, that's five weeks. This double elimination bracket could could be four to five weeks. 
It depends on if there's an if necessary game, but still be five weeks, same length as the NFL, and you still get same postseason actions. Don't don't ask me about how's all the seeding going to happen. I don't know. Just a uniqueness that you don't see in football. You see that in basketball. You see that in baseball. You see that in soccer. You see in a lot of other sports of a double elimination tournament. You do. Or like it's, like in the NBA, you get series. Or in hockey, you get series. Something unique. Or just have like a three-game championship series with two semifinal games. And the two winners playing the three best of three uh, game. It takes three weeks. There's a four-week playoff there. So it's just uniqueness. Be something different. Don't be this basic four-team playoff. You do like a winner's bracket and a loser's bracket. I uh, don't know how you would do the, uh, you know, for the winner's bracket, how you would do the, the seeding. But what you could do in the loser's bracket is the uh, the higher seeded team hosts the lower seeded team in the loser's bracket. That doesn't seem too hard. No, pretty much. It gets a chance for a low seed, like a four seed, uh, have a chance to, you know, survive and become the team that actually hosts his home field in the loser's bracket. It would be kind of similar to, like, soccer. When you have, like, uh, like Champions League, you have, like, uh, arrogates. Yes. You know, you could do something like that. Absolutely. Correct. It's something unique. I know a lot of people look at the postseason in, in the NFL and go to the sixth team, and I know a couple of years ago we have a lot of fans out there, me and Chloe were bitching that the, ex, the NFL playoffs – um, need to be expanded to seven teams, which only the only one team gets a bye week. Means the number one team in the conference. Uh, yeah, we love football in this nation, but the question is, for a league like the XFL trying to be unique, that'd be something they can do. Will I be pissed if they don't do it? No, it's just a suggestion, just something to be suggested about. Uh, it'd be unique because you'll have different scenarios each and following week. You have teams changing strategies to survive. May not run more. May not, you know, concentrate on the running game. Maybe do some more quick passing game. Play against a team that they know they can beat and intentionally lose to play that team. Probably. There's uh, there's strategy involved. Just a simple four-team playoff that we've seen in the original XFL or we see in other sporting sports like college football. It's not really a playoff. It's a plus-one situation scenario. But it's something unique. I haven't heard anyone mentioned or bring up a postseason, like a double elimination four-team bracket that will be intriguing and interesting to follow if it ever became something to look forward to. And possibly it can. And will it happen? Probably not. Uh, will it be intriguing if it does? Yeah. Uh, what will not be intriguing with more football? I think they should have a dance-off. Losers bracket, yeah, just like Chris Pratt, Guardians of the Galaxy, man, dance off, bro, yeah. Not too too much, no good. Mm, Hmm. But uh, Mm. there was another one that I read on. uh, There was, uh, there was. If if you're gonna do the Chris Pratt thing, please do not have the was it Michelob Ultra commercial. Oh yeah. That, I, every time I see that commercial, I'm just like, really? Like, you're not getting no attention. You're the only no-name star on the damn commercial. That's what makes yeah, it funny. Okay. And he That's puts pliable. himself out of place. That's what makes yeah. it funny. Uh, but there's another uh, suggestion that was popped up on the XFL Twitterverse. Uh, yes, yeah, it's just a little bit of WWE in there. The uh, 
rewarding teams for when they kick off after they score a touchdown and after they get their extra point or in my XFL slash type of league, there you won't be kicking extra points, people. You're going to have to score an extra point from the two-yard line. Just like the original uh, XFL. They got to yep, keep and, that. And if you want to score, if you want to get two points, you got to go from what, the five or is it ten? I think it was a five-yard line, wasn't it? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and I found some suggestions where a team can kick off, and if that guy kicks off and goes through the goal post, you that team is rewarded with one point. So technically, uh, you can if you're if you have a damn good kicker. By the time the team gets enough, the next team gets the ball, you're already up ten to nothing. I've always wanted that when I was a kid. I would always be looking forward to seeing the field, you know, a kickoff kicker, you know, send the, the send the ball through the field goal. In my head, I'd be like, "Yay, one extra point!" But, but here's I would the thing. love to see that in the actual game. I like yeah, that have idea. You, I know you've been to football games before, NFL or college. Am I right? Hell yeah. Sadly, it's at FedEx Field. Oh, well. <laughs> well I apologize. Uh, but you do, you do Somebody see... Somebody should. You do see fans actually erupt and cheer when they see a ball go through the goalpost on the kickoff. And they all put their hands up like, it's good. You see a lot of it. Why reward the fans with that? Fans love to see their kickers just blast a freaking ball 70 yards down the field. And if it goes to the goalpost, the fans cheer because they, yeah, they's like, they, we, they made the kick, even though we know it's not going to count. Do that in the XFL. Give it a point. So your team scores a touchdown, and you you, you decide to go for two. Okay, there you go. It adds, more, right. it, it, it adds more excitement to the kickoff itself. Correct. And it makes the kicker actually go out there and kick the ball, and like what they're doing in the NFL, where now if the kicker kicks the ball and they're trying to angle kick it to like the two yard line, the receiving team could just wait, fair catch it and get the ball to 25. So the NFL is getting rid of the kickoffs. Well, the XFL should be rewarding the kicker for being a good kicker. So that'd be something intriguing to talk. I'd be interested in seeing. And that's something that's more probably going to happen in the XFL compared to the four team bracket, uh, double initiate bracket that I mentioned. But is there any extreme ideas that you think should be added into the XFL? Well, I really thought the Chris Pratt dance off <laughs> Memorial was a really, really, really good idea. Yeah, man. Do you, you really want that? <laughs> yeah, I really do. It'd be hilarious. <laughs> You have uh, eleven men on the field, and you have one designated dancer, and that's who. It, that's what he does. Team After captain. reviewing the play, it's like this is how you do reviews. You throw the flag out, and you have a dance off. If the dance off is not approved by the referee, no review should be played. You see, there it is. <laughs> it writes itself. It writes itself. It's a genius uh-huh. idea. Uh, I do like the idea of only one challenge instead of having two. I think that that would be interesting, but one, 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 one per half. Like, you don't get two the entire game. It's either you lose it or lose it. Use it or lose it, you know? You can't just, like, pile them on. Uh, that might seem a little a little dumb, but at the very least, it would add no a little... Reviews. Yeah, you know, no booth reviews. It, it would add a little something. NFL. It would add a little something extra in there that you would really have to be extremely careful with your challenges, even more so than you already are. Even though you lose a timeout, but I think that just having one would probably mean a lot, a lot more. 
Uh, hmm. What what else can I think of when it comes to extreme rules? I guess I'm 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 just really not the best at coming up with like rule ideas. I I'm more of like I guess I'm like the AAF. I'm more reactionary. <laughs> I'll tell you whether or not it's a good idea or it's a bad idea. But I think if I sat down and really thought about it and wrote down notes, I could probably come up with some decent ideas. And I'll probably have to do that for next time because I can't really think of much off the top of my head except for the dance off, which well, I think is a genuinely brilliant idea. Well, it's unique and very odd. It's almost <laughs> something you'll see on the replacements. Um, no way Jose could have a second job there. Yes, no way Jose can have a second job there. And he could team up with, uh, uh, crap, Mr. Uh, Defeated himself, Kurt Hawkins. He can join him oh. into the dance-offs. Knowing Kurt, he's just going to fall flat on his face in the grass. <laughs> But I do have a very intriguing XFL situation, and I do apologize. Uh, apparently, we had a, a fan send us a uh, thank you. By the way, uh, this is oh, this is the guy who is creating our graphic uh, for T-shirts, bumper stickers, or whatever ideas that we're thinking about. Uh, producing for you guys to go buy and sell or p- hopefully buy and help support the show. Uh, this is uh, uh, PDX to the XFL. Apparently, uh, He's a routine listener and supporter. I really appreciate it. And he had a question. Uh, when did he post this? Mm. Oh, he posted it really recently. I thought, I thought I missed it. My bad. Uh, he goes, do you think there's a possibility about the XFL partnering up with Barstool Sports? Seeing that the XFL and ESPN's on the rise, or seeing that XFL should be joining a barstool than ESPN because ESPN owns decline. I'm not sure. I think that XFL kind of answered that for us. Uh, you, you were telling me that uh, a another XFL podcast had sent in a uh, application to be a podcast of the XFL. Right. And they got a response saying that although they appreciate and love having the extra support through podcasting, they can't really back a podcast. And that's what uh, the XFL already said. So I think that the likelihood of that happening is pretty nil. But Barstool Sports is bigger than us and bigger than the XFL show. So maybe they're on a different platform and they're on a bigger platform. Yeah, the XFL show. That's what it was called. Yeah, And we're the XF podcast and they're the XFL show. (laughs) I'm sure that can get a little confusing. But I, mm, I, I would love for them, for Barstool Sports to be on there, you know. That, that would give us hope that maybe one day they'd come to us, but I just don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, because you, you understand where the XFL is coming from. You know they can't really back anybody and give them a, a approval that, hey, this is the official podcast, because you know dang well the XFL is going to have their own people do their own shows, because Vince McMahon is a great great you know promoter of the game or of his business the and game, he has uh, uh not your play but uh, he, oh my bad <laughs> time to play the game uh, uh. in the arena uh. 
great rock skit back in the day, if you didn't know where that was from. Uh, uh. But yeah, uh, getting the approval from the XFL for being having a podcast is going to be unique. And I think the XFL, if they're going to do it, will do it on their own. But the XFL has stated between multiple podcasters out there that I've actually had communication with personally uh, that they love people to podcast about the XFL. They love the fan support. Pretty much it's like a lot of WWE podcasts out there. There's thousands of them, and the WWE lets them do it. It doesn't affect them unless you steal some of their ideas or you know say that you're an official WWE podcast. Uh, but yes, do I think that Barstool and WWE may uh, w, not WWE XFL have a future? Well, Barstool is a bigger business than us, <laughs> a lot bigger. Uh, there's a chance, possibly. Do I think it's going to happen? Uh, it's Barstool Sports. They're pretty much um, by themselves most of most of the time. So. Anything's ha- anything can happen. Uh, Barstool is considered the rogue sports network, and they're considered uh, by major media to not be official media, even though they basically break a lot of sporting news before the big networks do, which is odd. But, hey, anything can happen, and I love Barstool. I like all their podcasts. I like uh, McAfee. I like Jared Carabas. I like Big Cat. I like all those guys. They're all pretty... They do their. They make sports broadcasting fun again. Unlike ESPN, where they're political driven by different ideas, I just watch ESPN because they have the sports, and you—that's the only way you can watch. But yeah, it could possibly happen. But right now, it's just a guessing game at this point, uh, because we're still a good year and a half away from the kickoff of the XFL. So. To keep this show on the road, uh, I don't think there's anything else major going on in the world this day and age. Seeing that, you know, the NFL doesn't start for another two months, college football for another two months, baseball is in full swing. Uh, Really nothing else happening in the world. Mexico. Um, Mexico. uh, Mexico's uh, kicking ass in the World Cup, dude. Don't don't be cutting us out like that, brother man. World Cup? Yeah. Oh. Oh. oh, oh a little right. thing I like to call FIFA. Uh that little that little sporting event that's happening in Mother Russia right now. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh the thing that USA's not in? Yeah, yeah that thing. That's 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 that happens a lot. Actually, uh, this has been the first time since I think 1986 that the US hasn't been in the World Cup. No. Uh, that's a pretty good streak. Yeah, but when's the last time Germany's missed the World Cup? Or Argentina? Or Brazil? Not 60s? for a long time, but if Argentina probably wishes they had missed it after that, after how they've played. Yes. FIFA, FIFA, FIFA. Mm-mm. Man, you're becoming like the M- NBA and the NC- uh, NBA and the ESPN. Showing your love and your support and your, you know... Clear favoritism towards a superstar that is not getting over the hump. Who that? I'm not. I'm not calling you out, Leo Messi. You're a great athlete. You're one of the best players in the world, but you're not 
the GOAT. I'm sorry. FIBA has been, you know, publicizing you on national TV, now, worldwide television, especially Fox, of the greatest soccer player around, when another guy over there in Portugal who plays for Real Madrid called Cristiano Ronaldo is actually out there kicking ass and taking names. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo single-handedly kept his team in the game and got a crucial point against Spain the first game in their uh, pool play. While Leo Messi is still struggling. Messi. He missed, he, yeah, Messi missed a penalty kick in the first game and in the second game just destroyed by Croatia, three to nothing. But technically, they're still alive. I think if they win their match Tuesday or Wednesday, I think it's either Tuesday. If they win their match Tuesday or Wednesday, they make it to the round 16, but they have to win it. They can't draw. If they get one point, they're eliminated because of goal differential. But if they win it, they have enough points to be one of the two teams that advance. Well, that would mean they only have one point then. Uh, they drew their first game, correct? And then they lost the right. second. Yeah, so yeah. that would mean, yeah, if you got two points, you're not going anywhere. That's uh, not going to go. A win's three points. Yeah, I know that. But a tie or draw is one. So yes. they've got one right now. So if they were to draw, so there would be two points and... And they'll have, and they don't have the goal. They, the goal differential is against them, mm-hmm. so they have to win their next, their final match. And for Argentina's sake, you know the fans down there are dying and hoping to uh, get out of this uh, knockout stage, while the United States is dying to hoping to make the 2022 World Cup, uh, which they will really- be hosting. Uh, we be, we're not hosting 2022. We're hosting 2026. Ah, damn it! It was 2026. When, when, because with, they just um, made the announcement that we're going to be hosting it with Canada and Mexico. Yes. I didn't realize it was going to be the next next one. Which is kind of odd is that we're hosting with Canada and Mexico, which there's 64 matches in the World Cup. All all the pool play or uh, however you say group and player pool play will be hosted between the three nations. But the round of 16, round of 8, Final Four, and the championship are all going to be in the United States. Well, of course. With the World Cup championship game will be at MetLife Stadium in New York City. So Makes sense. It will be kind of nice if the United States qualifies in 2026 and makes it all the way to the big dance and finally wins it at the Big Apple. That would be nice. But... That's also eight years from now. So a lot can happen. And, of course, you know the World Cup in 2022 is in Qatar. So all 32 teams that are going to go to Qatar in four years will be melting their asses off right now. Uh, Because here in the state of Florida, we are getting heat index in 115. What do you think it's going to feel like in the Middle East right now? And they're going to have open stadiums. Yes, open stadiums to the sun and the heat. Uh, Still a bad location in my mind to be in the Middle East, especially Qatar. Um, the question is, is I, I, went, I thought they were going to go to Dubai, but they didn't go to Dubai. They went to Qatar. At least they're not going to Saudi Arabia. No, there's always that. So, yeah. Unless Saudi Arabia makes some serious changes, like, real quick. Uh, yeah. Well, I watched, uh, I think I watched two games in the... Or two matches, sorry, ladies and gentlemen, matches 
for you soccer etiquette people out there. Or Fixtures. Sorry, or football fans out there. Uh, I watched the England match last night, uh, which was, uh, or yesterday morning. Pretty exciting. England England finally, they, they advanced. They're in around 16. Um, that's, that's redemption from what happened four years ago where they didn't even get a point. They lost all three matches four years ago in their grouping. So <laughs> if, I, if I had a team to cheer for, it would be Johnny O. England. Uh, but if you look at our Twitter page uh, lately, uh, you see us posting videos of the Royal Wedding with uh, Sexual Chocolate doing the announcement. <laughs> sexual Chocolate Chow. <laughs> uh, I have no team in the fight. So uh, for me, it's... I want to see the superstars uh, shine. I want to see Neymar. I want to see Cristiano Ronaldo. I want to see Leo Messi and uh, uh, Kane in England. I want to see all these guys perform. We'd love to see, you know, London Donovan and Bradley and Josie Altador, but uh, uh, they're fishing right now. It's Mexico uh, or bust for me. Let's go, Chichinito, uh, Chucky, Ochoa. Love those guys. Well, that's Team Mexico. It's literally Atletico, right? Uh, one of the guys. Um, I think it's like Ch- the whole Atletico. used to play for Atletico. Uh, that uh, in uh, Herrera. Not Tim Aquana. Damn, my phone going off right there. Sorry about that, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. There's a, a friend of mine. I made his ringtone. Asshole calling. There's an asshole calling. Asshole on the other side of the line. And I had the so many opportunities to put this damn thing on vibrate, and I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so vibrate, it will go. Boom. That's it. Pachuca? No. Tim, uh, crap! What's the team? It's Atletico, uh, Tijuana. Those are like the two teams in Mexico that have all their players on the Mexican team from uh, Lega MX. I was not aware of that. So I know, I know one, uh, one of our one of our players does play for Los Angeles FC. I can't think mm-hmm. of it off the top of my head, but he I've been seeing some articles about the Mexican team that are saying you got like three players that are in, in MLS that are playing on this team, and the fact that they're playing so well should give MLS some respect. Yeah. MLS is starting to get better in the world recognition of the sport, uh, but they still get looked down because... They're still little kid on the block compared to uh, the EPL, Busa Liga, La Liga, um, and Supreme Liga. Was it Supreme Liga? The- There's ah, Bundesliga as well. Bundesliga. What's the Alceria? Alceria? Is that the Italy League? Mm-hmm. La Liga. So, so you got all these leagues, and MLS is still considered the little kid on the block. But you have to start somewhere. MLS is expanding. I think they're about to get to 30 teams here pretty soon. Um, so everything's working. And you're starting to see tradi- now true rivalries in the sport. There is, in my area of the country, uh, Orlando FC and Atlanta United freaking hate each other with a passion. 
the hatred is real. Uh, so that's nice. Rivalries make the sport become, you know, epic, become traction, become something that you want to tune into every Saturday night or Sunday night. Unfortunately for my lovely New England Revolution, uh, we keep getting ourselves uh, knocked out before the playoffs. We're always there to the very end. The last four weeks, we decided to go, ah, let's just not win any games. So, yeah, the MLS is on the rise. The World Cup four years ago shot up the popularity of soccer in the United States because the United States was in it. Uh, the ratings on Fox are down this year because of that reason. The team, US, team USA is not in it, so the ratings are taking a little bit of a hit. But they're not at you know they're not as dramatic as what they were predicting. There's still a lot of people watching it. Um, also, I mean the World Cup is on. No matter correct. what, after the World Cup, people want to watch more soccer. MLS is right in your backyard, so you're gonna watch right. it. Uh, but we do know this: the World Cup does end July twenty. Was it the twenty third? Is the last game? Yeah, less like a little less than a month overall, I think. Uh, which means after the final game of the World Cup, we are within weeks of the National Football League preseason action. Yes or no, it's only preseason, but damn it, the Shield will be back up and operational. Sort of. Kind of, yeah. Uh, but another intriguing news and notes from sporting, uh, sporting news is the stuff that's happening in Boston. And it's not baseball or football related. Uh, I know everyone may have noticed that Hanley Ramirez was in the news for being connected to a uh, potential drug smuggling uh, operation up in Boston. His name was thrown into it because apparently his good buddy got pulled over somewhere in Massachusetts and he had about 640 grams of cocaine and uh, fentanyl in his car. Whoops! Uh, And he said he was taking the stuff to Hanley Ramirez. Uh, and Hanley Ramirez, of course, at the time was not in Boston. He was in Miami where he lives. And FaceTime Hanley Ramirez and said, hey, we got a gift from your mother. So on and so forth. You can read the article on ESPN. Very intriguing story. Uh, right when it broke two days ago, people thought that Hanley Ramirez is good up, oh, not good up jolly old fellow. Uh, good baseball player at the end of his career was actually a mass-minded uh, drug smuggler. Um, and I've seen a lot of people out there that were um, making comments about him. So, oh, he's Dominican Republican, so we know where the drugs come from. Ugh, kind of, that's kind of that. bad. Uh, that's, uh, that's terrible. That's, so where were you two weeks ago? I guarantee you were cheering for the guy. Uh, other news is that the NFL um, has made a boo-boo apparently same region talk about the same region football in boston uh julian Edelman was suspended is suspended for four games for having a substance in his bloodstream after a you know mandatory drug test the nfl has come out and stated that the substance is unknown and unidentified so why are you suspending the guy for an unidentified test it, it might julian be, it, it could be a type it, it could be like a new like uh, a, a new type of pillar or whatever that masks yes. 
the testosterone. Yeah. And to be uh, honest, Julian... it, it, it doesn't really surprise me that Julian Edelman's been popped for PEDs. And a lot of people would be like, well, why? Because he's small. And that's my, that's my whole point is because he is smaller. So therefore, he's going to need the extra little bit of help. Yeah. Not everybody can be Doug Flutie and play for 23 years, even though, you know, he's not even six foot tall. You know, Julian Edelman is a wide receiver. They take a lot of hits yeah. and they need time to recover. And the juice can help you recover quicker. Yep. So well, that, that doesn't surprise me. That sucks for him. You know, no, it, it does. But I, this is coming from a Patriots fan perspective. I just as a person who watches the NFL, I know everybody needs to when we get busted for a uh, uh, Performing hands and drugs. Go, oh, he's four, four years or four on uh, four years, really. Uh, four game suspension. Yeah, he's a cheater. Then you realize what they took the drugs for, and you go, oh, now I don't feel like an ass anymore. Uh, because sometimes these pills that are given to them by their doctor to help them heal and get you know get back into athletic shape, they just don't realize that they forget to either report it to the NFL, say I'm taking this, this, and this, and this. For my injury and get it approved by the NFL, and but the NFL then they keep taking the stuff after they tell the NFL, "Well, I'll be off the stuff at this time." Mm. And when they get hit by that, get hit by that drug test, and that stuff pops in their system, they go, they got these players like, "Hey, this stuff is in my system because I told you guys about it." And he goes, "Yeah, but you told us you're only on it for six weeks, and we're 12 weeks down the road, so you should have been off of it. Therefore, it's a violation of, you know, the policy." I'm not here supporting Julian Elliman. Uh, he's a hell of an athlete. Yes, he did something stupid. He he's not even fighting it. He's literally not even fighting it. So, sure. uh, and it's come down from what the Boston Globe says that he failed to report the substance in the system when on his recovery of his injury in his knee, and and after that for the six weeks that he was on it, he forgot to report it that he's still taking it due to another prescription by another by the same doctor who did a surgery. He forgot to report that to the NFL, and the NFL got him for the substance for legal use and the four-game suspension. That's the reason why you don't see Julian Edelman fighting, fighting it at all. But also, some interesting other NFL news. Uh, Jameis Winston's back in the news again. <laughs> That's a, I was about um, to say, speaking of not fighting <laughs> an appeal or not filing any appeals, not fighting uh, the ruling, here comes Jameis. Uh, Jameis Winston pretty much did the same exact damn thing like Julian Edelman. Uh, but this one was not for... I think this is worse, actually. Yes. Uh, now, as a, again, as a Florida State fan, I'm not going to be defensive on this. But from what I have read from ESPN, Fox Sports, and other news, the incident has been investigated by the NFL, and the NFL has putting down their punishment. Jameis Winston, two years ago, uh, announced, not announced, but came out publicly and said that he didn't do the crap and he, he didn't do what he was accused of and he apologizes. But besides telling the NFL this, he told the nation this. And that's an issue of the NFL because in the NFL bylaws, if you are reported for a crime or associated or accused of a crime, you must report that to the NFL ASAP in a timely matter to avoid uh, employee like what do they call it? Employee It's like an NFL player's guide. Uh, I forgot what they call the name of it. You mean like uh, it's one of the mandates you have yeah, to do in a certain amount of time or else you could right. suffer worse consequences? 
Yeah. Uh, and that's what's happening. He got a – there's rumor of three games. It could go down to one-game suspension. But I see a lot of people on Twitter. It's like he did the same stuff at Florida State. And exactly. Like, and I was like, technically, he did. Uh, I'm not going to accuse a guy for doing something that he wasn't charged of or accused of because he did go through the court of law. And it never went to law. never got prosecuted. never got charged. Same thing happened in Arizona. Is there a coincidence between the two cases? Attention. I'm going to tell you guys this. As a Florida State fan, my defense on Jameis Winston on the first time, I'm going to be defending him 100% of the time. This time makes that defense from five years ago kind of sketchy. Yes, it's very sketchy. Am I defending him 100%? I don't think he can. I really don't care because it's similar. The, the situations are similar again. Uh, but, of course, uh, Jameis is not going to be fighting it. He shouldn't because he's in the wrong and he knows he's in the wrong. Well, uh, the evidence yeah. is pretty strong, too. I think it's a little different than Enzo Amores because Enzo, they actually went through the background checks. They talked to witnesses. They went through phones and everything. When it came to... Jameis and what happened back in college, um, they did. It was lingering. It was lingering, but from college, what he did in college was still was the main determining factor of the suspension. I guarantee because he's already had a meeting with Roger Goodell about this when he was at college when he came into the NFL, and, and there was something back then. Roger said, "You better keep your cl- your nose clean. If you do anything something that's similar to this again, you're this is going to happen." And I think that's the reason why he's not fighting it because he already had to talk with Roger Goodell. And it I, happened three, four years ago. I felt like Jameis Winston stunk of protection. Like that whole situation, it sounded like the school wasn't really interested in investigating it. It didn't sound like the police were any more investigated and in looking into it either because yeah. they figured that he was going to be staying in Florida. They figured he was going to be going to Tampa. Where does he go? He goes to Tampa. If you're going to have a, a team draft him number one and have this kind of cloud over him, well... There are people that are going to try to cover that up. And that's what that smelled of to me. When it came to Enzo Amore, it didn't seem like anybody was trying to cover for him. It seemed like they actually went after him and found nothing. With Jameis Winston, it always seemed to me like he was protected. And now you hear this story about him being in an Uber car uh, and grabs a girl by the crotch. What the fuck? Like, that's screwed up. Like, you don't do that. And the fact that she didn't actually file just, charges, she, she went to Uber. He was just following orders from the president. That's all. Yeah, I suppose he, <laughs> he, I suppose he could make that argument that he was just trying to grab her by the pussy. But <laughs> as funny as that is, the situation is not funny because what he did was fucked up. You can't do yeah. that. You can't be treating people like they're a fucking piece of meat and just, fuck, and just grabbing them whenever you want. So Jameis deserves every game that he gets suspended, if not more than the three. He, I don't think that he's really learned from what happened before. And I think he just got damn, damn lucky that he was protected the way that he was back at Florida State. And now the chickens are coming home to roost. And you got to wonder, what other skeletons are in this guy's closet? Because as, as the season gets closer, more and more people are going to start digging in what he does. What clubs it is, does he go to? How does he treat the DJs? How does he treat the waitresses? How does he go up to everyone? People are going to start talking, and they're going to have trouble closing this Pandora's box if he has any more skeletons in that closet, which wouldn't surprise me if Jameis Winston did. 
Well, a lot of players, no matter what position, no matter what league, no matter what sporting they're, they do. Mm-hmm. I don't know where I'm coming with this. There are players out there that have very dark skeletons in their past. Darren Sharper. And, and a lot of these players get do clean their act up and go 10, maybe 15 years with a good maybe seven-year career in, in the NFL. And some lazy-ass reporter or some TMZ reporter will find this like an event that happened 15 years ago and blared all over national TV news and ruined this guy's career. Am I comparing that to Jameis Winston fiasco? No. But I'm just telling you this to the fans out there. I'm a Jameis Winston supporter. I'm a Florida State fan. I graduated from Florida State. I was here when they won the national title. I'm not worried about the skeletons in the clock right in the clock. Skeletons in the closet right now. I'm waiting for one of those nosy ass reporters 15, 10 years from now to dig up something that should already been dug up now. So let it all out now so we know so that so James can either recover his act, get clean, get some help if needed. Don't go fifteen down fifteen years down the road once he if he does have a family and pretty much shame him and his kid in the process. Problem with these situations, no matter what it is, domestic or not domestic, uh, criminal, whatever. If something happens to an individual, stick with that crime. If there's something that connects that with his past, do it then. Don't dig it up ten years from now and ruin the guy's career. We see that a lot in the XF, uh, mm. NFL. But you can make uh, the, you can make the argument that like that person like would deserve that smearing. In, in some regards, like if they well, did, like like Mark Wahlberg, right? He he caused somebody to like basically lose sight in one of his eyes when he was eighteen, like high as hell off cocaine. That 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 wound has never been healed, and people have brought that back up because it was something that was genuinely screwed up that he did. Yeah. Sometimes but, but people want to air cases, that laundry. But in some cases, you don't need to because the guy completely changed his life, or how the good the, the the good go-to this day and age is that I found God and became saved. I'm doing quotation marks by my fingers, by the way. Uh, that's how they clean their act up. For instance, a reporter just dug up information recently on a Hall of Famer. Is he a Hall of Famer? I don't think he's a Hall of Famer yet, but soon to be Hall of Famer. Two-time Super Bowl winning quarterback, Peyton Manning. Mm. A reporter dug up information and his trainer at the time. At the Indianapolis Colts, who no longer is there. He was released by the Indianapolis Colts two years ago when this report first came to scene. The trainer confirmed that Peyton Manning was on HGH with the Indianapolis Colts the year after he had his uh, his uh, hands weakness. You know, he had, couldn't throw the ball, football, uh, and said he was on uh, HGH the whole season so he could play football. <laughs> Why was that not a national story, but you're going after Tom Brady for losing uh, air pressure in the football, but yet Peyton Manning can go around, play a whole two full seasons in the NFL on, on steroids and not be busted once, but two ounces of air pressure in, in football and by Tom Brady, that's national news. And, it's, and what's kind of surprising, the reason why this is all correlation between the NFL right now, is that certain stories fit narratives at certain points. Peyton Manning... You know, went to the Broncos, became dominant. But yet, when Peyton Manning was in the Broncos and Brady was... I mean, the Colts. uh, Well, 
Well, he went to the Broncos and won Super Bowl. But when he was with the Colts and Brady was in, uh, of course, Brady never left New England, still there. uh, They wanted to keep that rivalry, Brady versus Peyton Manning, alive. That was selling tickets. They placed each other every year. If you lose one of those players, you'll lose interest. Uh, Peyton Manning retired. And what happened when Peyton Manning retired? Deflategate came out of nowhere. Interesting? Coincidence? Not at all. It's all about protecting the shield. You must protect the shield. That's what it's all about. So... So I look at this Jamin Winston thing, and I look at the Julian Edelman situation. The NFL discipline policy needs some major rework. And I've heard announcers, I've heard TV commentators, I've heard radio uh, personalities all say that the collective bargaining agreement between the NFL and the players in 2020, which is in when the kickoff of the XFL, will shut down the league. So they're telling people, prepare, the XF, the NFL is going to be shut down for quite a lengthy time because the players are going to be fighting for disciplinary actions that they can go to like a people's court scenario and not have Roger Goodell hammered down on these penalties. That's what's inevitably going to happen. So that benefits the XFL in two years. So what I'm trying to get at there is about you know, the report about Peyton Manning that came out a couple of weeks ago uh, of the trainer confessing that Peyton Manning took steroids for two years because he couldn't grip a football. Uh, nothing happened. But right when he retires, the, you know, the two pounds of error in the AFC championship game, which look, Eric Blunt had 215 yards rushing for four, for three touchdowns. Yeah. The air pressure was a reason why the Colts got their asses kicked that game, but okay, whatever. Super bowl champions, bitch. Um, <laughs> the James Winston fiasco coincidence. Yes. Three game suspension for that. But yet Jerry, uh, uh, I almost said Jerry Rice, uh, Simi, uh, Ray Rice, uh, Got two Spend games, it. and then uh, Julian Edelman's only going to get—he's going to get four games. He gets four games. Why is using drug uh, uh, steroids four games and uh, accusing or did do something to a, a woman sexually without her consent is only three games or two games? The NFL needs to work on their disciplinary actions. I don't care. Uh, that's going to be a major key factor in the collective bargaining agreement coming up here in two years, and it's going to benefit the ex- it's going it's going to benefit the NFL. Or, excuse me, the XFL. So, yeah. Uh, if you look at it to, if you look at it that way, something needs to happen. And the XFL right now is sitting in the back, just relaxing, going to prepare to put their teams. AF has already had their eight teams out there. Uh, we've discussed that. But the NFL, you're starting to see different news things and different players and different situations being penalized for different things for less punishment that they actually should deserve over another thing that should have less has should have more complications or more punishment for something than the other but besides from that world cups in the books are still going on xfl is warming up nfl is starting to pick up uh mandatory otas are coming up next week i think for a lot of teams preseason is uh training crap no training camp is about to start pretty soon mm-hmm. I think in two weeks otas uh, are over uh, so in two or three weeks, we got training camp. So NFL football preseason's here in August. But we're going to come to the point of the show where 
we want to give you some major updates of what we are doing here on the XF Podcast for under our whole umbrella, which we like to call the Extreme Football Productions. Uh, first off, we are making merchandise. Uh, we're making, trying to make a, uh, design shirts. We're on review uh, designs. We're going to send them out. Hopefully, let you guys uh, purchase them. Uh, walk around town, your cities, let people come listen to our show. Show your support. Show your support. Uh, the money will go support the program uh, to a more up-to-date uh, podcasting equipment or more up-to-date service on YouTube or downloads, whatever. Uh, so that's one of the main things that we're focusing on. Also, uh, starting in two weeks, uh, a couple of colleagues of ours will be joining myself. I don't think a wrestling movie guy would be with us. I don't think he wants to be part of the show because it would be strictly college football. To be honest, time. that's not my field of expertise, but I will be listening. So he'll be joining or secretly be joining us uh, for a college football talk every Thursday night. We're going to be discussing up and coming uh, football games of the weekend. Looking back at last week, giving you our top four of each week. Uh, just getting you ready for all in all college football for the upcoming week. So that will be coming up pretty soon. Uh, we'll be getting stuff out so you guys know on the Twitter account as well. Also on Friday nights, is it Friday nights, uh, just bring it radio talk hosted by just uh, the wrestling you, movie guy. Let's just say just wrestling movie guy uh, hosted by the wrestling movie guy on Friday nights. We'll be previewing or talk debating, talking, reviewing uh, WWE Raw, SmackDown, or the past pay per view. Uh, of course, this show, which will be on Sundays, no really no time. It just will be uploaded when we're completed with the show, maybe two hours after the show, but we'll be up. Uh, we're going to be talking about that. The XFL news, NFL news, sporting news, rumors, uh, things that you know intrigued our interest. But we do have another show that we will actually, I think me and the uh, wrestling movie guy are more excited about. Um, and I want him to describe our newest show that we'll be bringing to you guys. Ah, this brings us to our new medium, YouTube. You guys know I've been working on there for a while. Been putting up videos for about a year now, trying to get that channel to grow. And we will be adding a new segment, which we already did last week, but that was more like a, a test run. We're going to be doing Monday Night Raw live reactions. Unfortunately, we can only do Monday Night Raw because I work tuesday evenings so i won't be able to do it but we will be discussing what happens on smackdown of course on the just bring it wrestling talk podcast on friday nights but yeah if you want to join us on mondays live we will be on youtube just look up the wrestling movie guy get on there around eight we will try to uh time it on our television when we start it so you know if you want to join us in real time to catch the reactions like we do Come and join us Mondays at 8 at the Wrestling Movie Guy channel. Also, ladies and gentlemen, I want to do this out there. Designers, graphic designers, uh, if you can design actual show logos like the Just Bring It logo, come up with a creative design. Send it to us. If we like it, we will you know, make that a t-shirt. And make you have a T-shirt of that, and you you know give us a logo for your show, our show, help you you know you know get some extra money if you people buy the T-shirt. We'll send you some money your way too because you designed it. 
We're asking people to do graphic design for our logos of our shows of Dream Football Podcast, Just Bring It Wrestling Talk, uh, the XM. <laughs> XF Podcast, the YouTube show, your brand new college show, anything that you are enjoying or listening to and you think, man, this would make a really cool logo. Uh, Just send send it to us. us. Uh, Tweet us at XF Podcast, even DM us, or even question us, uh, put it down on the the YouTube itself. Uh, And if we do like it and we agree, uh, we will contact you that you've become the... uh, the winner, and we when we will get T-shirts made, you'll get a free T-shirt from us with your logo on it. Of course, if we do get money from it, we'll benefit you as well. Of course, uh, you designed it, so you're definitely going to get a cut. Of course. So, from that on, seeing that there, we'll discuss next Sunday NFL news, XFL news, if there's any AF news, but morely, most importantly. Uh, World Cup news next week, definitely. Maybe not be as long as the show, but we need to get an XFL show out because we don't want you, the listeners, to leave us. We're slowly climbing. We're moving to a new platform for you guys to get more access. Yes, we will be uploading this to our podcast uh, downloader. You will get it via through your favorite podcasting device. Don't worry. That will happen. It won't be right now, maybe a few hours after this podcast. But YouTube, once this is uploaded, you can watch it there. You won't see our faces. You'll see our logo. But hey, if you create the logo, your logo will be on that YouTube page as well. Uh, I am Jay Dash. That's the wrestling movie guy. Hey. And I think we can call this a day. Take it easy, guys. Oh. I'm touching myself tonight. I'm Ron Burgundy. You stay classy, San Diego. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.